0: This is Wednesday night Bible study here at the Pine Low Pentecostal Church on this February the 21st, 2024 with our city director, Reverend MacBerry. Welcome to our Bible study tonight. Thank you for being here. Uh, we'll continue in the book of Acts. Uh, we're in chapter 8, and tonight we'll be starting around verse 14 and going through several verses. But before we go, uh, uh, getting to our Bible study uh Several uh, calls come in just in the last few minutes. Uh, uh, Sister Flo uh, has been in the hospital, uh, been at the hospital this morning. Since this morning, she had congested heart um, and um, her blood, it caused her blood pressure to go up. And what she's saying is uh, that she thinks she may go home tonight. So let's thank God for that. And, and uh, Laurie's... Uh, shots in her back that went that procedure went well today thank God and we're praying that that's gonna be what it takes to remove all the pain and what she's going through Um, also got a call from Lisa she's sick tonight and um, asked him for prayer she says there's all the symptoms of COVID but she don't think it's COVID but we'll uh, continue to pray for her and then I'm thinking about Sunday uh, Robbie Stafford which is uh, Young boy in the wheelchair. He wanted our prayer. He's sick. Let's continue to pray for Thomas Vick. Uh, Thomas is healing and doing well. Uh, I didn't get a reply from his uh, from a text I sent him, so I think he's yes. I talked to okay. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Okay. For everyone else that may be listening out there, um, Thomas is improving. He's doing well. That surgery was uh, down at the legs as we thought, and uh, um, he's he's improving. So this was a first step in a procedure that is going to help him. So let's continue to pray for Thomas, and also I think about Casey, uh, her little uh, baby. Uh, are they they all had? Uh, uh, they were all sick. Are they doing okay, Brother James? Okay, let's continue to pray for them uh, and the many others in our bulletin. Let's continue to pray for them. As we open up our Bible study, would you stand with me tonight and let's pray together. Uh, uh, Yeah. Okay, we'll remember her. Yes, let's do. Um, Any others before we pray? Let's pray together. Father, thank You. Thank You, Lord, for loving us. Thank You for being with us, Lord. Lord, in each day that we go, Lord, give us that strength that we need. Encourage us, dear Father. We need Your Holy Spirit each day, Lord. We're studying tonight in Acts, Lord. What a wonderful encouragement about the new church, Lord, and how Your plan is coming together, Lord. Even though they were persecuted, dear Father, how You loved them and supported them, dear Father. And Lord, we know that You love us and help us, Lord. There's a lot of things that right now, Lord, that we need uh, You to help us with. All these requests, first of all, Lord, be with them, touch them, Lord, touch the bodies, touch each thing, Lord, that is in need, and we thank You for what already has happened and some of the good things that's happening, Lord, physically and Lord, spiritually in us. Lord, we thank You for Pastor Jeff and his uh, message uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night, especially, dear Father. It was good to see Your Holy Spirit moving Sunday night, and we thank You for that, Lord. And thank You for all of our young people, Lord, and our youth and our all that's going on with our youth, dear Father. And Lord, bless each one of the teachers and the Royal Rangers and the different girls. Ministry, Lord, be with them in everything they do, Lord, and everything, Lord, we give to you today. We honor you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lead us. Help us to go forward in your work and will. In Thy name, we pray. Amen and amen. You know, I think about where we at in Acts, and uh, it's been a while, so I'm glad to be back up here teaching uh, again. And uh, but it was real. I really learned a lot from Timothy Groves on Wednesday night. He's a very uh, uh, in-depth uh, knowledge, a man with in-depth knowledge of the Bible. And I, I thank him for that. And maybe next year when he comes around, uh, if the pastor uh, agrees that, uh, you know, that we'll do it again. But that's a, that'll be a different decision at that time. But we thank God for Timothy this year filling in and helping. But anyway, Acts. You know the start up of the church of God's church, the new church. Uh, I think about all the things they went through and how today we're challenged in our churches and things that we do and how we can relate to what they're doing and how God is encouraging me as I study this because I've not only studied what I'm preparing tonight, but I've read ahead, way ahead in the book of Acts. In fact, I've been through the book of Acts a couple of times just getting my heart ready for what God wants us to learn more about in the book of Acts, maybe something new, something we haven't learned before. Uh, But let's go back and review where we at. For, uh, you know, the the church, the Holy Spirit came down, filled not only the 120, but every day the church was multiplying. Every day the church was growing. People were being uh, blessed and uh, the witnesses were growing. It was just kind of a compounding effect, and everybody was witnessing. I think about how, uh, when we got into our scriptures, this last uh, Bible study, how uh, they started to get persecuted, but the apostles had trained them and taught them and witnessed, and they already had the Holy Spirit guiding them. And they were ready now, quite honestly, I, I believe it was p- a part of uh, God's plan to send them out and, and, and share it with the world. And that's what's happening in verse 4. The persecution didn't stop them. It actually... Was part of the plan and it spread, helped spread the gospel. They moved outside of Jerusalem into Samaria and many, many other places, and they were ready in their hearts to go. They were willing to go. They were, you know, excited about going and moving and, and, and the persecution. They looked at that as something that just moved them out and, and helped them to go and make the decision to go. Uh, those that were uh, scattered, some of them settled down, but some of them kept moving about, witnessing and sharing the word the way the Bible tells us. And uh, they traveled to many places like Sa- uh, Cyprus and Antioch, as, as the uh, Antioch, as the uh, Scriptures are tell us, telling us. And they went in all directions. Uh, Luke's writings contended to tell us that they even went into Galilee and Sidon, and even in Rome, even before Paul, uh, Saul and Paul got there. Which became Paul. Um, you know, I, I think about it. I, it's not a negative, but I'm not. I don't think all of them were what we call preachers or pastors. They were all just loved the God. They just wanted to share the witness. And that reminds me of who we are. We all need to go out and share it. It's not just a pastor's responsibility, as we talked about. Um, uh, it, you know, Luke tells us nobody was complaining. As we talked about last week, they just went out, or last uh, uh, several weeks ago, they just went out and did uh, uh, a witness. They were excited. Um, uh, actually, Samaria, I, I think about... Um, Why uh, some of them went there, I think the city of Samaria was somewhat familiar with them as they traveled. It was a a place that they traveled through to do trading and also uh, uh, get food and things like that. So Philip, the deacon that went there first, uh, was very familiar with the area. Now, I I do think it's important that we understand what's going on in Samaria. Remember the the story of the woman at the well? Uh, There was a lot of sin in, in Samaria, evil. Uh, uh, the devil had gotten inside of people, it, uh, spirits had gotten inside of people. It really was a, a, a terrible place of sin. And so Philip the deacon, I, I'm sure, had a desire on his heart to go witness and spread the word there. And he did, because in Acts 6, uh, 3 and 5, tells us that that's where he went. When Philip got there, he started immediately Proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah and telling about, you know, who He was, the resurrected Christ, and proclaimed the truth to them. So they be- they crowds gathered as the Scripture tells us, and the- and the crowds unified and believed together is in one accord, according to what the Bible tells us. They listened to every word very attentively. So many people grew and and believe, and then signs and miracles. Uh, 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 The uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, Deacon (laughs) Deacon Philip was uh, absolutely full of the Holy Ghost because he was he he through. The Holy Spirit was healing people. And, you know, uh, the Bible lets us know that the people around was hearing this loud shrieking and screaming of demons leaving people. So how powerful was that as a witness? So all this was going on. 9 verses 9 through 11 tells us that the gospel was being successful and and greater miracles was happening and those uh, 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 people were amazed. And then we run across in the story in verses 9 through 11 about Simon the sorcerer. And Simon was someone that they thought Around him, everybody that knew him thought he was someone great, someone that uh, even maybe God was blessing because he used trickery. He he perceived people. He he was using witchcraft, and by the way, that was forbidden in the Bible. If you read, go back and read Deuteronomy uh, chapter eighteen, uh, verses ten through twelve. God prohibited that kind of thing. But he was doing. He was making money on it. He was getting rich. And then when we start wrapping up last week, twelve and thirteen. Uh, the Samaritans uh, that were there, they knew there was something more far wonderful about what uh, the uh, the deacon was doing and what God was doing than what this uh, Simon was doing. So it was easy to be convinced based on what the miracles was going on. He preached Christ. They could feel Christ. They believed in Christ. Uh, Uh, Simon deceived people. Jesus blessed people is a good way to look at it. Uh, These signs and wonders were great deeds and uh, very powerful, very supernatural. And as we learned, even Simon gave his heart. If you read the Bible uh, verse, it says, Simon himself believed and was baptized. Although I mentioned last uh, time we studied the Bible, there is some commentary, some people that say that maybe Simon was not. But when I read the Scriptures clearly saying he was, then I believe that. But this is what I believe also, that you can be saved. And if you don't continue to grow in Christ, you will go back and be fleshly. And that's what happened to Simon. We'll talk about that a little bit tonight. But let's uh, continue with our Bible study tonight. We're going to be reading in uh uh Acts eight, fourteen, and uh, probably stop around nineteen for tonight. So let's read fourteen. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard uh that Samaria had received, in other words, the people had received the word of God, they sent, the apostles sent them, Peter and John, there. Now there was a reason, a specific reason they sent them there. And and uh, who, when they come down, prayed for them. So when they got there, they started praying. And they may receive the Holy Ghost. So they specifically went to see them filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't that... You know, the uh, deacon wasn't filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't that he was doing anything wrong. He was sent to get them saved and get them baptized, and so he was doing exactly. And then 17, which some people may have a misunderstanding about 17. uh, uh, Simon the sorcerer did. Listen. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that laying the hands on the apostles, laying the apostles hands on the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money for the, to get that gift, saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost. So there's two or three points that I want to talk about tonight, and I'll get into them as I go forward. Um, the you know first of all the news that samaria was had accepted and was welcoming the word of god the touch of god and they were believing them. the apostles sent peter and john to help philip help Philip you know one person uh trying to spread the gospel is very difficult as we know and I know there was other witnesses but Peter was uh I mean uh, Philip was like the lead person in my mind so he was uh needing some help to go to the next level and the next level. Just like sometimes we need evangelists. Sometimes we need uh, preachers to help lead us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what was going on. In verse 14, we learned that the apostles sent Peter and John so they could help. Spreading the Word, encouraging. They just wanted the Holy Spirit. They knew the people of Samaria, if they did not get filled with the Holy Spirit, then they would go backwards. You must be moving forward. So one of the things that was on my heart tonight is they went to help those people get the power they needed, the encouragement they needed. And when you look at 15 and 16, when they arrived, the first thing they did was start praying. A very good point for me. The first thing that we should be doing is praying. The first thing I want to share from my heart is every time we go into a new challenge or every time we go into a new witness or every time we go somewhere, every time we do, we should pray first. We should seek God's wisdom first. And that's what they did. And they started praying for the people first. And the apostles believed in the Holy Spirit to be very important. That's another point I want to share with you. You know, they traveled a long ways, and they traveled specifically because they knew the Samaritans needed the next step. They needed to grow in Christ. They needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They needed the power to get them to the next level. They believed everyone needed that gift. All people not, uh, needed the gift. Not just a select fee, uh, uh, few. So when you read the Scriptures, it, uh, continuously it tells you they, they, they touched each individual. Um, They would, you know, that needed the power, every one of them. Peter John wanted the same Spirit, Holy Spirit, that touched them, that, uh, you know, blessed them on the day of Pentecost. That same Spirit that filled all the people on that day. They wanted them. They had a desire. And that's what the Holy Spirit would do for us. Uh, You know, once you are saved... You may want to share your witness. You want to, you know, give it to someone else. But I believe when you start progressing in the Holy Spirit and getting stronger and stronger in the Holy Spirit, you start getting a desire more to share what God has done for you. You know, that's the message for us today. And you can't go into the next step without. You can't go further. if You, you know, I've, I've said before, if you're not going forward with God, then you're going backwards. There's no standing still with God. We must be continuously going forward. And these apostles knew that, that these people needed the power. Churches today, churches today, it is critical. It is absolutely necessary for the church today to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that. Uh, It must receive... And when I say the church, I'm talking about the body God's church is the people. God's church is the body. And apostles knew the importance, and they knew that to survive in, the, uh, in Christ, they had to go forward. You know, I, I really think sometimes in my heart that I, I first thing that hits my heart when I hear of a church closing, I think, Lord, was because they just didn't depend on you that they closed? I know we have to have the Holy Spirit to move forward in Him. And by, by the way, I don't want to, to, to in any way uh, minimize salvation and baptism in water. That was in very, very important. And obviously, uh, uh, the, uh, the deacon was doing his job, doing what God sent him to. And it was on his heart to do that. Uh, you know, some writers, uh, commentaries, I, I, I used three or four. Uh, different ones, and I have to say some believe that the faith of Samaritans um, was not true, or was they had not really accepted Jesus until Peter and John got there. I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. I, I believe in the Word of God. The Word of God told me that they accepted Jesus, they were forgiven, and they were baptized. And the fact that, you know, Philip was full of the Holy Spirit... Tells me also he would not have baptized them and, and, and uh, helped them to receive the faith to be forgiven of sin if he did not have that. So don't, I only said that to say uh, one of them, especially as someone I had trusted. A little bit more and now I, after I really prayed about it and thought about it, I think about dr. Stanley uh, Horton which is the one that I mostly rely on for a lot of my information he's a Pentecostal minister that wrote the book that I'm studying you say he says there was nothing absolutely nothing in Luke's writing that that what happened in Samaria was any different than what had happened. In other words, God was blessing those people. They were being saved. The Samaritans believed what uh, Philip preached. Uh, I believe, uh, I I am learning that some of these people that write these books uh, are not uh, people that are true, true believers in Jesus Christ. And you say, wow, wow. Mac, that's, that's saying a lot. I believe that. You know why I believe that? Because what I've learned, and I think all of you have learned that love Jesus, when you start reading His Word, you trust His Word. You believe His Word. You don't try to twist it, turn it, take pieces in another somewhere else and make it sound differently. Well, that's what they do sometimes. To uh, And I believe sometimes that they may even be led by uh, evil spirits to do it because they're trying to put a a mistrust in the church. So we need to be careful. The Bible is the only book that we can trust. The Bible is... Hallelujah! The Bible is the only book that we can trust. People who are not led by God do not interpret God's Word the way He wants it to be interpreted. And then when I look at verse 17... um, after they pray, the other point that I want to make a point tonight is about lay hands on them. I think you hear that here tonight, know this. But for someone that don't know who God really is, I need to emphasize to, to uh, every one of us and remind us that laying of, on hands is not the power. That is not where the power comes from. It is laying of hands is recognizing... Uh, you know, the love of Jesus. It's recognizing that these are members of Jesus uh, Christ's family. It's encouraging them. It's building their faith. It's helping them to uh, be encouraged and confirming to them what they received. They're at a point in their walk where they, they, they're they looking for more confirmation. You know, I think about this. When I, 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 when I was growing up, and I've even seen it uh, in more recent days, is when... When uh, you know you're at the altar and you're praying, and they, there was people seeking the Holy Spirit, and they laid hands on them, or or, or 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 put oil on them sometime, and we know what that means too. the Oil has no power, but when uh, you know when they laid hands on them. What did you hear that pastor or evangelist? Do you remember? I remember vividly some of the things they said. They didn't say because I'm laying hands on you, you can receive the Holy Spirit. What they would say to you is have faith. Receive Trust God. Put your faith in God. You know, God is the one that loves you. God is the one that blesses you. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah! That's what they're saying when they put their hands on So it is a encouragement and a confirmation of who God is. So laying hands on someone, so as we will see, the sorcerer totally misunderstood what was going on. But God confirmed the faith. That they had received, you know, what Jesus had given them. So it was encouraging them and with already fresh in their heart and new in their heart and they believed it in their heart as soon as they parted, started putting hands. And I can tell you, I will say something else about laying hands. I think some of you that have been there understand what I have said, what I'm saying. I have been at the altar. When a pastor or an evangelist lays hands on me, hallelujah, and I could feel the anointing immediately. I could feel the anointing immediately. I knew God was there. It was encouraging to me. It made me feel... Lord, I know you're in control. I know you've got this. So I, I, I believe that uh, but we need to make sure people don't understand like this sorcerer did. That laying on hand, my hands on someone, is not going to save them. It is not going to give them the Holy Spirit. I think I've said enough about that. But I have to let make sure that we, as believers, when we speak to people, and we get a question about laying of hands. Why do you do that? It is to show the love of Jesus Christ to encourage them and go forth. But uh, what was going on with Simon the sorcerer? Immediately, he saw it as uh, through his flesh. He saw it as a way of making money. He saw it as he let his flesh take over. So what happened to, you know the salvation that he received, he took a step backwards. He, he allowed, instead of allowing the love of Jesus and, and putting his faith in Jesus, he immediately, and by the way, we as humans today do the same thing. That's why one of the reasons we say it's very important for a new convert to have encouragement during the week, a phone call, if we have a child that is safe, to let them know, study the Word, to pray. Let's pray together. Let us pray with you. Encourage them. Because immediately their mind will start going back to the flesh. Because that is stronger at that point. That's why they have to learn how to grow in the Holy Spirit. And that's why they need all of us as witnesses to them, to encourage them and, and to uh, be with them. You know, Simon looked at it uh, as a fleshly thing. He thought it was something he could go... His, his mind went automatically there. Um, you know, and another thing that I believe was going on at the time, that Luke does not tell us that people were speaking in tongues at this time. But this is what I know. I know that I know that I know. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost poured out, and people started, the Bible tells us, they started speaking in tongues. So here, Luke, the writer, is trying to not put the focus on, he's automatically saying at this time, you know, when God fills you with the Holy Spirit, You speak in tongues. So part of the speaking in tongues is what Simon the sorcerer was starting to get excited about. He, You know, he could see the power in these people. He could see what was going on in these people. So he wanted that to go lay his hands on someone. But what I'm trying to say to you, Luke concentrated more here in warning us, don't go back to the flesh. That's and we gonna when we read the next few scriptures next week or the following week we're gonna learn that you know what what is said to them uh, to him by the two apostles, by him. You're letting the flesh get in the way. You can't receive this. Laying of hands is not what you're looking for. Laying of hands is encouragement. Simon. Jump to conclusion. Do you think we ever, as I'm wrapping up tonight, do you ever think we may jump to some conclusions? We do. We do. And that's, you know, when we jump to a conclusion, uh, if it's not in the Spirit of God, it's, it's a bad thought. It's, a, it's going the wrong way. We have to always be in, in the Spirit of God. Simon jumped uh, back. Uh, just as people do today, and we have to be careful with that. Many scriptures tell us that receiving the Holy Spirit is all about the faith in Jesus. I I, I don't know how, in my heart, I could spend probably twenty next twenty minutes on it, putting our faith in Jesus. I know that uh, when I first received, when I received the Holy Spirit. It wasn't in this church, and I was a deacon in this church. Where I received the Holy Spirit was at another church, and it is kind of funny, it's over on Devil's Racetrack Road. Charles Heath and I, and many, some of you may remember, we went over there, and there was a Holy Ghost revival. And you know what I finally did? I finally did. I got my mind off the stuff around me and people around me, and things outside. And when that power started moving, hallelujah, I feel it now. I feel it now. Hallelujah. When that power started moving, and when He filled me, and many more that night, I think about, you know, it took my focus and my faith completely and put it in Jesus Christ. That's what it did. It took everything about me to to go away and be there. I didn't even know much about it, other than I know this. I know that once that power hit me, God took me uh, and filled me, and and He changed me to another level, to another level from that night. So what I want to express to everybody, uh, if you were to ask me the Mac. What is the one thing this church needs? You know what I'm going to say. The Holy Spirit. The one thing that I need, I need and this church, and all of God's church needs, is the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? Next week, we're going to study, start with Peter's reply in verse 20. Uh, And the first thing Peter says is, Your heart is not in God. Your heart is not in God. It planted another thought in my heart when I, when I, I looked ahead and read that about, Lord, when I'm thinking about what to do and I'm in trouble, I, I have to make a decision. Is my heart in God? Is my heart in God? Is my heart have Jesus? So tonight before we pray... I may or shouldn't have let you sit down, but uh, let, sit down a minute. We're going to come up and pray. We, we, we need to pray. I don't pray enough. I'm sorry, Jesus. I don't pray enough. This church and God's church as a whole is at a crossroads. This church is specifically at a crossroads in several areas. Help me, Jesus. Some of you have said to me recently, and the, some of you are sitting here too, and you know who you are, because you 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 would you would gladly stand up and say, "Yes, Mac, I said this." You have said, Mac, and and some of it was in general conversations. You know, this church body needs to change its mindset. This church body needs to be ready for change. This church body needs to, you know, uh, be willing to change. Kay, do you know who's one of the people that said that? You know what you said to me? I've thought about it a lot. And and several others. You said to me that this church is at a... What is in my spirit right now is this church. And this took a lot of tears, a lot of praying to get here. This church is at a crossroads. It's a very... Let me say it this way, probably the most critical crossroads that we've ever been at. And we've gone through many things in in our history. But we're at a crossroads in this respect. There's decisions that we're going to make that is going to put us in the wilderness for 40 years, or it's going to take us forward with Jesus Christ to the promised land. I believe that. I believe that. I'm kind of understanding and thinking about Moses, coming down and, and seeing what he saw. I'm thinking, Not that we're doing those things, but I'm seeing how important it is for us to make the right decisions about going forward. Now... Although, everybody knows what the two or three decisions are when I'm a pastor in the next few weeks. But also, there's there's several other significant, significant decisions that this church body is going to have to make. Would you stand with me? The Pound Level of Pentecostal Church Incorporated, Copyright 2024.